Every gathering I have had a young person share about just their experience at youth camp, what God did, maybe how God used them. Uh, we're going to have Liam come up and share. This is Liam Carmody. The very first morning I was there, I looked up, I saw this yellow bandana, and he was right on the front worshiping God. And so, super proud of you, Liam. Hey, can you tell us maybe, maybe one of the biggest wins that happened for you there at the camp? Um, well, it was, just, it was just beautiful to see a bunch of my friends and encounter the Holy Spirit in such a deep way. And then it was just amazing to get refreshed and renewed in the Holy Spirit. It was just, it was beautiful. That's, that's wonderful. Did any of your friends get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think, um, I think all of my friends. I think, I think, I think wow. It was, it was surreal. It was everybody who asked got baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. It was amazing. That sounds like the Bible. Yeah. You have not because you ask not. Yeah. If you ask the Father for a fish, he's not going to give you a rock. He'll give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. What was maybe uh, some of the fun stuff that you guys did also? Well, I mean, my team did actually end up winning the whole team. Yeah. The yellow team won? Yeah, we ended up Would winning. Would the yellow team stand up if you're here and eat people on the yellow team? Yeah. Wow. Believe me there, there was a whole lot more yellow team. Oh, yeah, gosh, the teams were huge. Yeah. But you guys took it all, huh? Yeah, what was your all. favorite game out of the, uh, out of the week? Um, I don't know. The night games are always my favorite. They're, they're the best. I think the capture of the flag one was. Was it? Was That's best. awesome. Anything else you would like to share about the camp that just comes to your mind? It's just, it's just a beautiful time where God moves every wow. single time. Should, should young people try to go? 100%. 100%. 100%. Parents, you should hear that. You should do everything you can to get your, your young person. Would you do us a favor? Would you just pray over all of us right now? Would you just extend your hand like this and just receive uh, from what God's doing, what he's been doing, and even in and through Liam? Dearly Father, thank you so much for us gathering here today, Lord. I thank you for everybody sitting here who has been touched with the Holy Spirit, and even those who haven't, I pray that they will tonight, Lord Jesus. I also pray that, um, I pray that camp isn't just the only time that people experience Jesus. I pray that it can be an everyday thing. I pray that Sundays isn't the only time that we spend time with you. It's throughout the entire week, Lord Jesus. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Great job. Thank you, Liam. Today, I bet you... Bobby and Risha's a little proud of their kid, huh? <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about uh, a very important subject. What do you do when your young people go and uh, they're on fire for God and they come back and you're not on fire for God? Not saying that you're not. But if you aren't, you should catch fire. I want to talk to you today about keeping the fire going in your young people's heart and how you can support them. Matter of fact, I call it rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. Hey, it's not for 10 young people. It's for 50 years old, 30, 40, 70. When I say rally in the valley, you got to go with us to Dallas. Here we go. Here we go. Rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. Come on. Rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. Hey, hey. Rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. 
Put your hands together. Come on. You should, you should see Stephen in the back just rally in the valley. Hey, when I say rally in the valley, you just kind of got to go with it today. Like rally in the valley. Rally in the valley. That's what this is all about is keeping the rally going in your young people's heart. And it has a lot to do with you, parents, siblings. Radine and I were youth pastors for about 10 years. And what we didn't do is we didn't try to take over the parents' position. What we do as youth pastors and children's pastors, pastors in general, is we want to come alongside you. We want to be there to support you. We want to be there to strengthen you. We want to keep you cheered up. We want to encourage you, but we need your help. We need your help that you're going to do the same when it comes to your kids. There's nothing worse than your kid being in the presence of God all week long, just in the fire of God, Holy Spirit manifestation, just moving. Then they come home to a cold house, to secular house, to an unbelieving house. It will suck the spirit right out of them. So I want to talk to you today about poking the fire, keeping the fire going, supporting uh, your young person. Whenever Seth and, and Jamie played baseball and volleyball, it's not like I was this big volleyball. I mean, I did coach some baseball, but what we did is that we didn't rely just on the coaches. My kids, I would practice with them in the area of baseball and, and in the, the area of volleyball. Why? So that they, it wasn't just the, the coach's responsibility. It's not just the, the pastor's responsibility or the youth pastor's responsibility or even the camp's responsibility when it comes to the fire in the hearts of your young people. It's all of our responsibility. It has a lot to do with what goes on in your home. Every day, what do they experience every day? Camp is not a fix-all. It's a wonderful thing. I love camp. My kids' life was, at both of them, was greatly changed. Their destiny, they were, they were impacted at youth camp. I remember Seth's junior year, his whole destiny changed because of youth camp and a word that came to him at youth camp. That's the importance of a youth camp, but it's not the fix-all. It's about all of us doing our job when it comes to our community as a church. Parents, parenting, pastors, pastoring, and all of us working toward keeping the fire flowing in the hearts of young people. I want you to turn to Genesis 4-7 today. If you have your, your Bible, let me tell you where Genesis is. You ready for this? Genesis. We're on the streets preaching the gospel one time and doing video, and, and we were just asking people questions about the Bible, honestly, to get a conversation going so that we could preach the gospel to them. And all of a sudden, we're videoing this dude, and, and I say, hey, 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 man, what's the, first, what's the first book of the Bible? He says, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. What, what is it? Gemini. <laughs> Genesis 4, 7. Listen to this. This is God speaking to Cain. Cain brought an offering. Abel brought the offering. <laughs> and he said, if you, and Cain was bummed out about it. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen to this. Sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Parents, family, 
for the young people and for anybody in this room, sin lies at your door. Sin lies at the door of your young people. We need to do everything we can to equip them so that sin doesn't put them in bondage, sin doesn't drag them down, ultimately try to destroy them. Because sin is there and its desire is for them. Desire means to stretch out over, to stretch out after a longing, a craving. Sin is alive. It's it's alive to destroy you and to put you into bondage. It, It lies at the door of your son and your daughter to stumble them, to lure them, to bind them. When a person comes to know Jesus Christ, we cry out to God, God, come and save me. Come into my heart. I, I, I give you my heart. I, I surrender all. I confess you as Lord and Savior. And guess what God does? God comes and he dwells within us. God comes and he lives in our heart. Why would you say that this morning? Listen to me, parents. Because you need, like the Holy Spirit gets into the hearts of your young people, you need to get into the heart and the life and the business of your young people. You need to be play a big part in the business of your young people. What's on their phone? Who are they hanging out with? What are they doing? They may not like it right in the beginning, but when they know how much you care about them, you need to get into the hearts of your kids. Parents, you need to get in the hearts of your sons and daughters. Don't be the family that says, well, we just don't talk about it. We just sweep it all under the rugs. Daddy, listen to me today. Don't be a dad like that. Come on. You need to speak up and you need to lead. The number one person you lead first is lead you. And then you lead your family and your kids are watching you more so than what you say of what you do and how you lead. So it's so important that even as we sang even the, the theme, the part of the theme of the, the, the camp was you fight for me. You fight for me. Parents, you got to fight for your kids. You got to fight for your young people. There's got to be a fight inside of you. They're not there to do it alone. If you're going to rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, come on, you got to get in their business. You got to fight for your kids. You got to get in their heart. You got to get in their thinking. Sometimes you might even need to get in their phone. We have to help them stay filled with the things of God and not of the things of this world. You know how to fill, fill them with food and with drink and with fun, but how about helping them to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the ways of God? If you're going to rally in the valley, Rally in the valley. You got to be filled with the things of God. And you young, older folks, you parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah, yeah. We are older, Tina. Let me show you the danger. Let me show you the danger of not staying full once you've had a great experience with God. There's, There's danger of dry, deserted, empty areas in your heart and your life. I want you to turn with me to Matthew 12, 43 through 45. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. 
Tina, I understand we don't want to get older, but we do. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Are you there? Matthew 12, 43 through 45. It says, when an unclean, look, look at the danger of empty spots in your life. See, I come to feed you once a week, maybe twice a week. But you need to learn to feed yourself on a daily basis. You need to learn how to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit and be, listen, filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I can't, I can't feed little babies all the time. We all have to grow up and learn to feed ourselves. Are you feeling me? That's vital. This is vital that you don't have dry, empty spots in your heart, your life, your soul, your spirit. Listen to what the Bible says. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man. And I heard that kids were absolutely demon set free at camp. Uh, 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 JL, we don't believe in that stuff. Demons don't really exist. I'm going to tell you right now, they exist. They may not look like manifestations like exorcists. Sometimes they do. But man, they come undercover these days. They come, they come undercover to put your kids in bondage, alcohol or porn or fear, all kinds of stuff out there that demons use. You know, the, the very first thing that Jesus said in the gospel or actually in the Great Commission in Mark he said, these signs will follow. The very first sign that he spoke would follow a believer is they will cast out demons. It's probably, it's probably the last thing that we like to talk about on Sunday morning. We like to talk about the healing and, and, and all. But the very first thing that Jesus says, they will cast out demons. Why? Because demons torment. Demons wants to wants to possess your kids. Demons want to keep your kids and you in bondage to ultimately destroy your life. So it says when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through, look, dry places. Demon going through dry places. Dry places of your heart and your life. Seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty. Empty. Those are dangerous positions to be in. Dry places and empty. And it goes on to say, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Parents... For the sake of yourself, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your marriage, for the sake of your kids, we have to learn to stay full of the things of God, full of his spirit, full of his power, full of his word, full of his ways. Parents, work with your sons and daughters to stay thirsty. Work with your kids to stay hungry, seeking the face of God, discussing the disciplines. Because I know that they learn disciplines at this summer camp. Disciplines equals freedom. The more disciplined you can be, the more free that you can be. It's not the opposite. It's not like living however you want to live brings freedom. 
It's your disciplines which brings freedom to your life. So the very first thing that I want to challenge all the parents, not just parents, you could say, well, I'm 19 years old. I'm not a parent yet. This is still good for you. You may be 72 years old and says, hey, we're, we're, we're you know, empty nesters. This is good for you. No matter what condition you're in, we're all called to these things that I'm talking about today. Now, do I reflect and refer them onto the young people and helping them to stay stirred and provoked unto good things? Absolutely. But you can take away any of these principles. Number one, imitate. Say that with me, imitate. If you're going to have rally in the valley, rally in the valley, Rally in the valley. We have to be imitators of God. Look what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Can you as a parent or do you as a parent want your kids to imitate you? At your home, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., 11 p.m., do you want your kids to imitate you? Do they see Christ in you, the hope of glory, whenever you're on vacation, when you get home from work? Do they see drunk sailors and people cussing like, or do they see Jesus? I'm not saying that any of us are perfect. That's that's not what I'm saying. There's not, hey, let's get over that. We're not perfect. We're all sinners and we're all human, right? But we should all have this resistance to evil and desire to be like Jesus. If you don't know the goal of your life for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, it's not to make a million, billion, or a trillion. Do that. But in the meantime, while you do that, be like Jesus. Your goal, tell your neighbor right there, your goal is to become like Jesus. That's our goal, Christian. Christian! Christian! Little Christ! We're to be image bearers of God. When our kids see us, are they seeing the image of God? Honor and dignity. The greatest powerful part you can play as a parent is your pursuit in Jesus Christ. Becoming like Jesus. Your dedication to Jesus. Your dedication to his bride. Not imitating religion, but relationship. There's quite a difference. I, I want to touch on this just for a moment. Because you can dabble into religion and look like, look like on the outside you have it all together. Look like on the outside, you're pretty religious, but that's not what God's looking for. God's looking for relationship over religion. Now listen, religion forms. It forms a person. Let me give you an example. I've been around religion a whole lot. It's like, this is religion. You look this way. You cut your hair this way. You wear clothes like this. You talk this way, and it's all about the outside. It's all about forming to the culture of that religion, and it's all about the outside, but it's not really doing nothing with the inside. Say this with me, form. But relationship brings transformation. Transforming you from the inside. Religion is all about the outside form, 
Transformation is all about the inside, transfiguration, the transformation of the inner man that we become like Jesus Christ. Religion puts up walls for people so they're not transparent. Religion brings on legalism. Religion's birth rebellion in the heart of your kids. You want to raise a rebellious kid? Just give them legalism and religion. But, but relationship breeds transparency. It gives room for failure. I hear, I understand, you can come to dad and mom with anything because we're human too, and you can talk to us about these situations. So there's a big difference between forming a person the way that you want them and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform them from the inside. I used to walk with the limp and carry a brew. You know why? Because that was cool. I used to cuss. I had a crazy old vocabulary. Had a gun like Homer to the Harry. Hop in my saw, lean to the side, and turn the Kenwood up sky high. And after discotheques, you can bet I'd be able to floor cold, working a sweat. I used to lie about the girls I had. Fight on my brother so I could be bad or have a name. But that was bound to change. That junk is all in vain. I went to church, didn't learn a thing. Thought it was a good money scheme. Matter of fact, I wasn't listening to the word, bro. I was checking out the girls, you know. I had a Bible, but it collected dust up on my shelf until I took it up on my shelf to check it out. Without a doubt, and now I read it so much, the pages are coming out. I'm transformed. Man, just like a robot, but this ain't no cartoon. I'm not a robot. I'm like a caterpillar who crawled into a cocoon and before your eyes came out a butterfly. I'm transformed. Listen, if you're going to rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, it's transformation through relationship, not formation through religiosity. You want to have a place for your kids to experience relationship over religion. Are you feeling me today? There was a song back in the day, and it reminds me of religiosity. Freakazoids, please report. To the dance floor, boom, 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 boom. Z O I D S, Z O I D S, freak baby. You don't want to raise, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to raise. You don't want to raise religious freakazoids. Right? How many of y'all remember that song? <laughs> You're like, yeah, we remember J.O. <laughs> Don't go look it up. Just <laughs> Don't look it up. Well, you can be a freakazoid. Freakazoids. Z-O-I-D-S. We got to move on. Aslan's ready on the drums, isn't he? (laughs) 
Number two, spur on. Say that with me, spur on. Listen to the scripture out of Hebrews 24, the NIV. It says, and let us consider how we may spur on. Say that with me, spur on. One another toward love and good deeds. You should be the greatest spurs in your young people's life. It's actually provoking them to good things. Poking the fire. Stirring the fire. Fanning the flame in their life. Provoking them. Poke the fire, man. Not, 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 not poking the bell. Bear, poke the fire in their Fan the flame in your young people's life. Encouraging, building them up. Not throwing a towel, a wet old towel on them going, well, you know, I'm sure this is just a fad. They're going to, oh, poor little 14-year-old, they're going to get over it. Might last for a week. Why would you want to do that just because you're lukewarm? Don't do that. Did I call you lukewarm? Only if you're lukewarm. If you're not lukewarm, there's no way I could be speaking to you. Right? Don't throw that towel on them. Challenge them, man. Spur them on to disciplines and, and encouragement. All of a sudden, you see your kids trying to fast. Well, maybe join with them. You see them getting up in the morning praying and seeking God. Maybe join with them. Lead yourself so that your kids can see you and what you're doing. Not just your, your mouth, but your actions. Don't be just their buddy. Be their parent. Honor God and get her done. Amen? Yeah. Number three. Stop neglecting gathering. Stop neglecting gathering. The, the positive thing about social media is I can see what you guys are doing when you're not here. Do I have like a big S on my forehead called stupid? It's like, man, they got time to do everything in the world. But be at church. Don't neglect the gathering. You may say, well, you know what? We don't need to be here. We're all good. And then all of a sudden, hell breaks loose in your life. And you're calling the church. You're like, my, my eight-year-old little girl right now, she just does so well. But one day, she's going to be 16. And there's going to be a dude chasing her. And she's going to challenge you, why can't I have sex? Why can't I stay out to two? Why can't I party? You need the church all the time. Look what the Bible says. Not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some. Break that habit. Break that habit. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That neglect means to desert, to forsake, to leave. You just stop doing it. Hey, for the sake of you and for the sake of your children, your family, your marriage, and every aspect, don't neglect getting together. Don't be a weird. You want to be weird? You want to get weird, weird really quick? Just get alone. Just be a loner. It's me and the Holy Spirit and God and the mountains. Don't be a Jeremiah Johnson. Don't be weird like that. You'll get really weird within yourself. The Bible, we're called to sharpen one another and, and to be there to 
confess to one another, pray for one another, encourage, spurring on one another. Come on, somebody. You want to get really weird, just be alone. There's a place to be alone, but not all the time. You know, you do a Sabbath rest, I get that, and do a sabbatical, I get that. But when you're alone all the time, yeah, you look weird. Don't neglect Wednesday night gathering for your youth. Man, we were youth pastor for almost 10 years, man. You, you're, 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 you're young people need that gathering. Well, all, everything that's going on in the world and everything in their school, man, come and let them be part of the church on Wednesday night. On weekends, one gathering, everything that you do all week long, spend two hours gathering in your small group. You know, I, 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 see, I see Greg Link back there. We played golf the other day with our small group. And how fun was that, Greg? It was off the chart. It doesn't always have to be a sit-down Bible study. You know, it could be being with one another, talking with one another, sharpening with one another. Be a parent who is on fire. Burn for Jesus Christ, parents. Burn. I tell you what, when, when kids come home from camp and they're burning and then you're just like, yeah, can't even find the word. Just cold and empty, and they, they walk into a secular kind of house and unbelief, it really is impactful to them. I want to encourage you to urge to merge with your young people in many aspects. If you're going to rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, you have to urge, you have to have an urge to merge with your young people. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, if there's, a, if there's a scripture in the Bible that kind of articulates a young person, it's, this is a good one. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol. Man, don't let your kid get idle. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, gaming. How long have you been gaming? Uh, only the last 17 hours, J.O. What the heck is gaming 17 hours? Never done that. I feel you. I feel you. Come on. Don't allow your kids just to get idle. It goes on to say, encourage the faint-hearted. Hey, if they don't have your encouragement, when they get back into school, they're going to get very faint-hearted real quick. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Urge to merge with them with the battle. Your kids are going to be faced with all kind of battle. The battle trying to steal their destiny, trying to steal their identity, try to steal their virginity, try to steal their mind, try to steal their heart. Come on, you need the urge to merge with them and battle with them, parents. You don't think your kid's going through that? You need to get your head out of the sand. Let them spend five minutes in, in school. I remember uh, my daughter, you know, she went through a terrible time battling fear. Has anyone battled fear before? Yeah. And I remember Radine and I getting with her in scriptures and praying over her. And I go in her room and she's got all these scriptures written all over the mirrors that she's declaring and confessing. And man, she had a breakthrough in the area of fear. 
Our parents, parents, our kids need us to be able to fight with them. This is how we fight our battles. And that's exactly how we fight our battles with the word of God. Urge to merge with them. Urge to merge with them in, in God's word on a daily basis. I know you've been hearing that for 20 years. But please do it. Urge to merge with your kids. Every young person should turn their room into a college Bible study. Just destroying in a good way the word of God. Hiding in their heart. Meditating on a day and night. They'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water bringing forth fruit in season. Whatever they do will prosper. Why? Because they've been in the word of God. Young people, I urge you to merge with the word of God. Merging is kind of like this. Become one with the word of God. Not just with the word, but in prayer also. It's just all based not around religiosity, but relationship. When I read the word of God, God speaks to me. Jo, I haven't heard from God in so long. Well, when's the last time you read the word? If you read the word, he's going to speak to you. When you read the word, he is speaking to you. He's talking to you. That's how he talks. Don't tell me you haven't heard from God. Read his word. And when I pray, and when I pray, he hears my voice. And we have a relationship, a dialogue. Urge to merge with him in his word. Urge to merge with him in prayer. And here's my last one. Urge to merge with him with the Holy Spirit. Wow. The Holy, you know why, you're, why young people get on fire? It's because they get filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist baptized in water, which is a wonderful thing. We're getting ready to do that in a few minutes. But he says, Jesus comes to baptize you in fire and the Holy Spirit. I love whenever Jesus was baptized in water. Because you see the beauty of the triune God. All of a sudden, Jesus is there. He hasn't begun his ministry. Parents, don't wait for your kids to do something good. Encourage them today. You know what God does? God splits the heaven before Jesus does anything. He says, this is my beloved son. Who I'm well pleased. And then the spirit of God descends upon him like a dove. And then he's baptized into water. Wow. Don't wait for your kids to do something good. Cheer them on now. Be that voice to them now. They need all the encouragement that they can get now. Urge to merge. If you're going to rally in the valley, rally in the valley, rally in the valley, you have to have an urge to merge. Merge with his word. Merge in prayer and merge with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, we need the transfiguration, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our kids' lives, not just religiosity. I remember when I was raised, my, my, my parents got killed when I was eight, but before that, I ate Cheerios every morning. Did anybody eat Cheerios? And, and, and it doesn't matter how many Cheerios I ate, I never looked like a Cheerio. 
It doesn't matter how long you come to church. That doesn't mean that you're going to look like Jesus. Now, church will help you, and I, I want to encourage it on, but it's all about your relationship with the one that transforms us from the inside out. Parent, encourage that transformation in the hearts of your kids. Cheer them on. Encourage their daily diversion. Urge to merge with them on a daily basis. Do your beautiful work, parents, to team with your kids. Wow. You'll see the beautiful results and the fruit that will take or will produce. Catch fire. Catch fire, parents. Catch fire. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to allow the youth to outdo me. They spur me on. They get loud. I'm going to get louder. They may outdance me a little bit right now because I don't move and groove like I used to, but I'm going to still put my holy hip hop on. I'm not going to let them outdo me. Parent, catch fire. They need you in their home to be parents of fire, parents of the Spirit, parents of the Word, parents of the Holy Spirit. Amen?